Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we discuss sustainable impact investing, creating portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as we explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego Kyle from Horizons Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, how you been? I've been good. It's interesting because we haven't talked for what, six weeks? Yeah, about six weeks. Maybe. Or so. yeah. yeah. We did a bunch of pre-recordings while I took a little before I took a little sabbatical. Yeah. That's so how was it? It was it was great. I first of all, I spent part of it, I spent 10 days in the UK. Mm. And six days in London, and I'd never been before. Really? And it was amazing. The weather was perfect, except for one day. I've never one heard day it that. rained. I know. <laughs> From anybody it, who's been to London. I've never been there, right. but I've always heard, oh, it's terrible. Right. And it was crazy beautiful. And nice. the, I mean, I went to Stonehenge and, you know, I did some touristy things, but oh, and had to see a show on the West End, of course. So. It's great. Right. I loved it. Oh man. And I'm exciting. back and I guess I'm ready to work again. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So part of the time I was gone, I also went to a conference last week. It was the U S social investment forums annual conference. And it was, it was great. First of all, to be back in conference rooms mm -hmm. with colleagues and meeting new people and literally getting down to nitty gritty talking about some of the things that are going on in our industry. And I, I was struck by an interesting thought, really, as I was doing some research on what should I talk about today? And I realized there are so many articles coming out about the industry and important things that clients need to hear. So I think that's what I'm, we're going to talk about today and, okay. and just discuss some of the hot topics in the news, I guess, which is right. not something I usually do. But the first big thing is we have seen a rapid increase in attacks on the ESG industry or mm -hmm. the social imp impact industry, investing industry. And it's interesting. We talked about this so much at the conference. One of the folks that I really respect, his name is John Hale, and he works at Morningstar. His comment was that these attacks are really evidence of success, not failure. The stronger we get with our industry, the more we're seeing attacks from different sides, shall we say. And what's happening is they're coming up with these articles saying that you're going to, you know, it's all greenwashing. I call it the chicken little response. So they're all yelling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, when in reality, that's not happening. And there's so much non or wrong information being passed around. And I say non-information because so much data is already out there about the success of ESG, environmental, social, and governance investing, or impact and sustainable investing. And as we've talked about before, those are kind of two different things. I think it's really important to note that while 
these attacks are going on, many people, and this is going to be a little controversial, but many people in our industry are not really responding to them. Mm-hmm. And I am at the point, and a number of other folks too, that we have to punch back on this negativity and, and on the attacks in our industry. So I think we're going to see a ramp up on that, um, you know, responses to some of these articles. And I swear there's one out pretty much every day at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I want to jump in because I've got two yeah. things. I'm going to ask you a question and I'll let you think Please. about the question, but then I'm going to make a comment, which is so interesting that you're bringing this up today. So first question is, why do you think that other folks within the industry are not fighting back? That's, that's my question. I'll let you think mm-hmm. on that. But the other thing that just blows my mind is that when I'm driving around, I don't necessarily like to listen to the radio. I mean, like music on the radio because lots of commercials and a bunch of just stuff I don't want to hear. I get that. Yeah. yeah, So if I'm on radio, I'm going to go to the AM station. I'm going to listen to some news channels. I was absolutely shocked and blown away. I mean, I'm in middle America and it's a, there was a nationwide show that was on. And one of the things they said, it was, it was part of the, you know, when they come back from a commercial or they're, you know, promoting something or whatever, it says, well, you're not going to hear such and such and ESG and da, 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 da. And I was like, are you serious? Oh my gosh. I, I was, I was really, really surprised to hear that. And it was just those two things. Like I can't remember what the other one was because it just really took me by surprise that they're saying, and you're not going to hear anything about ESG. I'm like, well, why not? I mean, it's conservative radio. I'll be honest. I, yes. I'm more conservative, but, but why? On God's green earth, would you say that that's a a, a bad a thing? Problem. Even if you didn't agree with a specific piece of it, why would you just throw what was it? Throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing, right? That's yeah, just that's just dumb. It is, and I hear you, and we are hearing this from lots of folks too. It's like, what? Why? Why this? And I think it's really a lash backwards at the. Um, the more liberal side of society, shall we say, from the conservative side. And I wasn't going to bring that up, but you did. Yeah, so. I'm okay with that. It's true. It's a yeah. failure on the, the quote unquote side I'm on. You and I have talked about this many times. Right. And I just don't, I don't understand why there's not that middle point where they can have a, a true educational discussion on maybe, okay, so what is your issue with it? Then bring that up. But to just say, oh, this is all bad. Well, that's just ridiculous. Right. And, and there's a lot of lying about data and misrepresenting data coming from not just the conservative side, but other pundits and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do, and I want to answer the second part of your question yeah. too, is why we're not doing enough. And I think part of it is many in our industry, and I'll, I'll include myself in this, don't know where to start in terms of responding to this article in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, those types of things. And so without having some parameters, I think it makes it difficult for some people. Um, They feel as if it has to be a very formal process. And Mm -hmm. there there are organizations in our industry, including USCIF, who are looking at this and trying to come up with ways for citizens, for advisors to respond to these articles. And, you know, I have one in front of me right now that relates to a new SEC proposal. So those things are happening. We just have to be looking for them and looking at data, not words. Uh, that people are are using. So, uh, you know, I, I have a really good example on that. And 
there is a firm, a big name firm whose name I won't use. <laughs> they have a what they call an ESG fund that excludes companies that make most of their revenue, most of their revenue from alcohol, tobacco, weapons, coal, oil and gas, and a few other products. So they're excluding those companies. And the holdings in this fund are, are subject to what they call their internal ESG analysis, but we don't really know what that analysis is. They also say, and this is the big part, that 20% of the net, net assets of that fund can go into securities that deviate from their ESG standards. Hmm. I find that really interesting. This is literally in an article that came out today, June 13th of 2022. And I know this recording will be on the, the list in a few weeks, but I think it's important to say that this is happening today, right now. And when we talk about deviation with assets to, you know, what does that mean? What are they deviating to? Are they, and, and yeah. what we're finding is these industries or these big companies are getting fined now from the SEC. And there's another lawsuit that is coming up with another firm that is not following their diversity and equity rules that they put in place for hiring. So mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of talk out there and not a lot of doing in a few firms. So that is definitely something that should be called out and dealt with. But those of us who are doing this can keep it down to data and and the talking points and I've talked about the data so many times about performance all of those so I'm not going to go into that piece. I I I really wanted to focus on um, the, shall we say, attacks on the industry and, and mm -hmm. just um, make it known that, hey, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and you can attack all you want, but we've got data to back us up. So I think that's the important piece. Well, yeah, until they're willing to bring, quote unquote, data to the table to, you know, to counter the facts that you already have and you've already shared with this audience. I mean, it's just them blowing wind. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to move on to another hot topic going on right now. And so the, everybody knows the firm Deloitte. We, you know, we we recognize that name. And I did not know until today that Deloitte launched a Center for Sustainable Progress. Deloitte Center for Sustainable mm -hmm. Progress. And they say these are their words that they're going to that this. Um, this center, this little offshoot is going to focus on holistic data-driven analysis and results-oriented thought leadership to guide their organization through their sustainability journeys. So that, that was interesting to me. They also, I think in May, yes, May of 2022, came out with a report on the, well, they're calling it the Global Turning Point Report. I don't know. I don't know when the turning point is. Have we met the turning point for climate change? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, don't I know. know. <laughs> but the the reality here is that if, you know, what they're saying, and this is, I don't know if the numbers are true, but I think it's probably pretty close. Unless we really unite global leaders, everyone on working on the zero carbon or the net zero transition, as people refer to, it could cost the global economy, they're saying almost $180 trillion over the next 50 years. Hmm. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And what we mean by that is costs and cleanup from big storms. It could be um, 
dealing with no water in areas that have lots of people, but not enough water for them. So there's a lot of different issues that this would will affect. And, and we know that if we're not paying attention to climate change. But yeah, it's interesting. I love in the report that they mention what they call four key stages of, or four, four key stages for decarbonization. And many of us in this field, long timers have been, been talking about this already, but I'm just going to re-mention them. The first one that Deloitte says is important is that Of course, the public and private sectors have to unite and collaborate on framework, on on the foundational framework to work on actionable change items and creating policies. And of course, you know, some of us have been creating policy for a while, but we really need to get the government on board and continue. We at USCIF are always pushing on policy change and all of those things. The second one is similar, but you know we have to get business and government to cooperate <laughs> mm-hmm. and put their money where their mouth is. So they've got to make investments. They've got to make um, structural changes to our economy that really look at prioritizing low emission industries and accelerating our transition to a net zero world. It's really imperative at this point. And the third one is looking at the geographies of the world and their individual respective approaches to what our turning point is. And we just kind of laughed at that, but it's true. Everyone has a different turning point. If you live in sub-Saharan Africa, your turning point was probably a while ago. If you live on the coastal US or the islands in the Caribbean, turning point has been happening for the last decade. We're seeing bigger destruction, bigger storms. Cost has certainly gone up. So we have to look at this on a regional and a global perspective. The last one, if we're following this this turning point idea, society has to realize, like all of society, not just us in this impact industry, investing industry, we have to realize that there needs to be a greener future. Everything's interconnected. We have to work together and and work more at reducing the carbon intensive fuels and, and such that we're using currently. So those are just four really simple things. And it gets a lot more detail in the report, but I I thought these were important to just mention since we're just covering, you know, topics. Yeah. And looking at these four, right? I, this is something we've spoken about on on many podcasts before my question is, or my, my concern, I guess it is, is that are we really going to do something unless we're affected negatively by something? In other words, what do we care about the water issue? If we have water, every time we go to the tap, there are places in this world that don't right. And, and looking at what Lake Mead and some of the things that are going on there with the, the, the lake going down, it's down, I don't know how many tens it's of feet. I mean, tons, crazy right? low, yeah. yeah, crazy low, which also, of course, affects electricity generation because of, you know, not having enough in the, in the dam, you know, to right. be able to run through there. So not only is there a possible water shortage coming, this is, these aren't scare tactics, but this is just no, reality. It's reality. It's yeah. data. Yeah, absolutely. And so all of a sudden, well, wait a second, why isn't there water? Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> We've been talking yeah. about that for a long time. Oh, wait, what do you mean? There's rolling brownouts uh, because, or there's certain times of day where I'm not gonna be able to use the electricity. They're going to turn it off for a little bit. Well, that starts to get people's attention because if I can't stream Netflix, Kim, come on, 
<laughs> if I can't stream Netflix 24 hours you a day. You and, yeah. I don't know, 200 million people. Right? <laughs> I don't I mean, know so how many people have Netflix, but yeah, yeah. I get it. it. If it's not affecting us personally, how how are we going to respond or why would we respond? Yeah. And, you know, we've had so much trouble with this over the last decade, but we really do have to come together as a, as a global of course. economy Absolutely. and as, as people, as humans and realize that everything we do affects someone else. And so yeah. I think that's, that's very important. I'm hoping that we are at some kind of a turning point on that, but we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, you talk about globally, we need to come together. I would love to see the United States just come together. Let's start oh, there. Oh, yeah. Let's right? start I mean, there. <laughs> again, if it's if it's rolling brownouts or water shortages in five or six states that are a few states away from me and it doesn't affect me, then you know, then it's just like the war in Ukraine. Oh, it's terrible. What's going on over there is terrible. But guess, right. guess what? I'm still going to the grocery store. I'm still going out to, with my friends to a restaurant on Friday night. You know, and still my have life has not changed. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just see, yeah, I just see it as, as so important that people start pulling their head out of the sand, if you will, or other places and say, Hey, this is going to affect me eventually. So why not change it now? Right. Here's an important thing, or here's it's just a comment on this, right? So currently in New Mexico, we still have the biggest fire in the state's history burning. What? Yeah. I haven't even heard about that. See, I know. Is, and I'm not that many far. I'm not too far You're away from you. You're not that far. <laughs> it's the biggest fire in the state's history. And I'll tell you, it came seven to eight miles to my house, close to my house. That's oh how close gosh. it was. Yeah. Wow. Pretty scary when you've got dogs and chickens and goats and things you have to worry about moving. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knows that outside of our state, I don't think. Mm. So that's that's interesting. And it was started by the federal government, by the Forest Service. Jeez. <laughs> I'm sure they meant well, I guess. Yeah, it was <laughs> a know? prescribed burn that yeah. got out of control and it's burned over 300,000 acres. Yeah, oh my god. crazy? Yeah, so that's the thing. It's affecting me, but is it affecting you? You are not, you're not getting that smoke in your direction, but anyway, we could go on with a lot of different examples. Mm. I want to mention a couple more things if we have enough time. Oh yeah. As I mentioned, I came back from the US CIF conference uh, last week and we had our annual board meeting. Reminder, I'm on the board of US CIF, which is our policymaking organization. And again, at the conference, it was, it, you've, commented on over and over and over again, that there's a lot of action that needs to be taken on this, what I'll call the continued assault of our industry. And there's, there was a lot of comments and discussion around two proposed rules from the SEC. Hmm. So I'm going to talk about those briefly, because I think they're both really important and something people may not realize. The first one we're calling the names rule. And it's very simple. If you use the word sustainable or impact or green or any of those things, the SEC wants to start looking to make sure that that's actually what you're doing in your mutual fund. Right? That's Not good. a problem. Yeah, it yeah, sounds no, good, good, right? Yeah, because yeah, it, it also across the board will look at funds that say they're large cap value, yet maybe they're investing a lot in small cap growth, mm. completely different style, 
but a number of funds have what we call style drift because they're trying to boost performance. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be looking at that too. But there's a lot of funds out there that use the, the letters ESG. They use the, the term sustainable when they're really not doing that. Okay. So I, I think that's, that's not going to be as much of an issue. The, the second proposed rule is on climate-related disclosures, and it gets a little more complicated, but in reality, what, what the company is asking is, you know, for, not with the company, but what the SEC is asking for is, is that we really, in our industry, look at the impact of all of our climate-related risks on, on, on the businesses that we're focusing on, on the corporations, and what the outlook for that climate-related risk is, you know, it's, it's looking at government management of climate-related risks. It's looking at the metrics. It's looking at targets and and analyzing how funds are making that risk known and what they're doing about it. So you're talking about screening? Yes, a lot of it is screening because if we're if we're screening out companies. Why are, why are we doing that? What's mm-hmm. the risk to the climate, if that's what we're saying? Um, if we're supporting other industries, they want to know what the um, climate advantage is, I guess, is, a, is one way to put it. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting. So there's a lot of talk about looking at greenhouse gas emissions within funds or ETFs and trying to, to look at the impact of everything. And when you look at the impact of client related or of climate related risks, there are so many. And and most of them end up being financial risks. And so the the SEC is saying, we're going to take a little bit closer look at what you're doing or that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And while the overall idea for the rule is good, I think there's a lot of problems with some of the intricacies. And so many of us are making comments right now during the SEC comment period, because both of these are proposed rules. Yeah. Well, to me, it sounds like both rules are all about transparency, right? Yes, exactly. And I I think that that's a very, very good thing, because if you're going to screen a company out, it's only fair to the company that they know exactly why that that's right. reported, so on and so forth. And, and that's what you guys are doing anyway, because you're, you're telling these companies, hey, look, we don't want you to be a part of this because you do A, B, and C. Change yeah. that. And then, you know, I mean, that's what you guys are all about is making positive changes. Absolutely. And, and there's the flip side of the coin where you've got, you know, they're going to be looking at these at companies saying, okay, you're saying you're green or you're saying, you know, these these funds are saying that they're green. And and we want to make sure that the the buyer of these funds, the consumer, is getting what they're looking for, which is they want to be part of this ESG movement, then do the right thing. And that's got to be part of it. So I, I love that. I love now the execution is what concerns me as well. And I'm sure that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yes, that's exactly right? what we're talking about. Because yeah. I don't have any issues with transparency. Yeah. And most of our industry doesn't. In the U, uh, US CIF has been advocating for disclosures on many of these issues since 2009 ish, mm-hmm. I think. And you know, so we, we're definitely into transparency, but you're right. There are all of these, we, you know, people like to call them the materiality risks. What is material to the company and mm. what's the risk if we're excluding them or asking them to make a change? Yeah. And in terms of transparency, you've got to take the next step, yeah. in my opinion, and and be looking at these corporations and saying, well, here's the problem. And what we want you to change, which is the shareholder advocacy piece that we are so fond of. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Here's the last topic of the day. All right. <laughs> you know, and you you know, I don't usually do the here's what's hot, and we're going to talk about this because it's a big concern. But we got to talk about the market. Mm. It's, Yay. <laughs> it's right. Yay. <laughs> you know, it's incredibly volatile. I, I just mm-hmm. looked at the market close before we started and I was like, oh, this was a pretty bad day. We are officially back in a bear market. And mm-hmm. you know, and that scares a lot of people. The market is incredibly volatile. We had a week, two weeks ago, I think, where the market was up and back out of bear territory. It was it was up quite nicely, but now we're back down. I think both the Dow and the S and P closed three and four percent lower today, Ouch. which is yeah, that's that that hurts. And and what happens is people get nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's typical. We all get a little nervous, and it's really tough to watch these market drops. I've been doing this now for almost twenty four years, and I have seen some pretty big bear markets in that mm-hmm. short period of time. And I think that's it's important to remind clients about that, that it, it happens. We get these big downturns. And mm-hmm. in the last 24 years, we've seen two of the largest bear markets that have ever happened. Isn't that interesting? To 2009, 2007 to 2009 mm-hmm. is considered the second worst bear market. It was the markets were down 57%. I don't, Think people Ouch. realize how how much stocks dropped during that time yeah. period, but there was recovery. And in two thousand to two thousand two, it was about a two and a half year time period. The markets were down forty nine percent. We also briefly hit a bear market in I think April of twenty twenty two, where the mark or twenty twenty in April mm-hmm. of twenty twenty, the markets literally went crazy. At the beginning of COVID, yeah. but they were back up in three months. Mm-hmm. That was probably, I don't know if that's the shortest bear market ever, but it was pretty <laughs> darn short. But we're, we're definitely in a position where we have inflation. There is war happening. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's just so, you know, the, the, the political environment is tough. And so definitely we are going to have this bear market and maybe for a little while. I don't know how long or how bad, but it's, it's going to be there. Kim, I know that you've, you've talked about a bear market and and I would even say that the 2020 bear market was more like the groundhog, right? Just poked his head out, said hello, and then went back in and we were fine for a little <laughs> right. bit longer. But can you describe or define a bear market for those that don't know the, the true definition? Yes. A bear market occurs when an index like the S&P 500 drops at least 20% from its recent high. 20% is a lot. And yep. a lot of people get really nervous if the, if their funds or their accounts start dropping at 5% or the markets. <laughs> so 20% can be a big deal and it, and it is hard. And that's part of our job is to talk our clients through this process and, and what they may, to need, may need to do individually. When you say the 20%, is, that a, is there a certain amount of time that it has to be down for 20% or is it just like if it dropped 20% and it was down 20% for a week and then it went back up, is that just one week of a bear market and then it was back to bullish? It can be, which okay. is kind of what happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. 
But most bear markets are not like that. It might bounce up and down above the 20, below the 20 uh, for a while, but that extended period of time would be considered the bear market. Still considered, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. It's not a new one. It's just continued. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that are important to remember, bear markets recover, even in these horrible ones of the last 24 years. Um, and I want to remind people, remind investors that they shouldn't cut their contributions into their retirement accounts during a bear market, mm-hmm. especially if you're making monthly contributions because you're buying low. Yes. And when the market does recover, you'll be really happy with yourself that you continue to make those contributions. So I think that's important. Yeah. One of my neighbors here in Omaha, you may have heard of him. I won't mention his name, but he <laughs> likes to talk about buying things on sale. And that's, that's his right. entire strategy, right? It's, it's, and he's, he's done pretty well for himself. I mean, just, you know, just a wee little bit. He's uh, a simple guy, but yeah, he's, uh, he's done really well. I like yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting as luck would have it. I got uh, an article emailed today from you know one of the papers that I get. We call mm-hmm. them papers, but they're email, Financial Advisor Magazine. So today, dated today, the article, The Seven Deadly Sins of Investors in Volatile Markets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't know if, if that's what I would title it, but it's pretty much spot on because I'm not going to go through all seven of them. I'm just going to highlight a couple. Okay. And they, they mention it's a mistake to ignore your asset allocation, especially during bear markets. Mm-hmm. It's also a mistake to ignore diversification in your investment accounts. Okay. And those really are key to withstanding and recovering from a bear market or a, a serious downturn. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got I to gotta say one more because <laughs> okay. this is important. That we hear this a lot. Well, this time it's different. It's different, different this time. Right. It, it, it's always different. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Everything is always different, inter- including the market drops. There are different reasons. We won't go into all the reasons because you know we could be here for an hour talking about that, but it, it's, it's always different. So that shouldn't be a, an impetus for you to sell your mm-hmm. investments and go to cash um, because you think it's always different. I want to I want to kind of end this and say, uh, well, before I do that, do you have questions? Any more no, questions? No, I mean I, I think you I, I think you delivered this news, if you will, <laughs> beautifully. This is uh, our news brief of the news day. Brief. It's, it's, uh, um, can I, next time I want to be in Chopper One. Anyway, uh, got it. Yeah, it's again, it's not that you avoid this stuff, Kim. I, I love the fact that you you tackle this stuff head on, and it's it's something where the podcast is is educational. We, we hope it's a little bit fun for the audience as well, but at the same time, it's, it's more important that people hear your voice and, and hear the confidence you have in what you're speaking about because that's what a lot of people are lacking right now is confidence. Exactly. Confidence. They like confidence in the market. They like confidence in, in the decisions that the government and or personal, you know, regular people are making on a daily basis to help uh, the environment, so on and so forth. But being able to know that there are people out there advocating for these things and, and spreading calm instead of spreading fear, which most of the media does just to sell advertising. That's not what you're doing. Right. You're here to, to educate. And I love yeah, that. Yeah. And I just want to give the facts and, and education is important to me. We said that I've said that many yeah. times and we talk about that a lot. When the markets are doing these crazy things, I get it. People are scared. It's very emotional. I have investments too. So I feel that. And, and yeah. I understand 
it's really important for investors. And I think this podcast is really targeted to investors, although there's some financial advisors out there who could hear this news too and, um, and really take note. But investors who really do rely on the ability, the advice, and fiduciary responsibility of an advisor are much less likely to make these kinds of mistakes that I mentioned. And I, I only mm-hmm. mentioned three, right? You know, our job is to, is to help clients with this. We want to help you. We, we want to, of course, help you invest with your values and help you through these rough patches. No one calls us when the market's up, mm-hmm. <laughs> but some do call and some just disappear yeah. without saying anything. And, and it's really important that we work as a team so I want to remind people how they can contact us at Horizons. Please, yeah. Yeah. So please, if you're interested in, in any of the things we've talked about today, you can email info at horizonssfs.com or call us 505-982-9661. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Kim, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know that you are... Um, one of the things that you do is you act as a buffer from the storm, uh, the storm, you know, being the market storm, being the the news media that we see and hear, it can be daunting to listen to and, and hear. And the fact is, is if you have somebody on your side who is a fiduciary, who is taking the emotional piece of it out to be able to have that open discussion and just lay out the facts, that's what a lot of people are missing. So I hope people take advantage of your offer and just call in. Email in, yes. figure out, just, hey, let me ask you a couple questions because I know you're so open to it. So thank you for all I you am. do and thank you for that. Thanks, Eric. Are you bet. Um, yeah, it's good. We, we're happy to be that calm in the storm. So, All thanks. right. Well, again, thank you. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. Now, this is where I usually say that, you know, this makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family, but I'm going to add something different. If you would please rate this podcast and write a little review on whatever podcast player you're using, that would be fantastic because that actually helps the algorithm send this podcast to other people that are searching. Uh, That would help out big time for them to get the information. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizons Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. listening to Deep Impact Investing, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast that shows you how to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, email us at kim at horizonssfs.com. Join the conversation on Twitter at Horizons S U S T F I N or give us a call at 505 982 9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.